You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From June the 7th, 2020 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The text is Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light! And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Today, I begin a sermon series for this summer I'm calling The Summer Between, Adventures in Liminality. Now, liminality is, you can think of it as a threshold. It's between one stage and another. It's liminal space or liminal time between. And I think the summer of 2020, we are living in liminal time. It seems to me that we are between a number of things, probably most readily available to us is thinking of being in between coming out of lockdown with the pandemic and before what some experts say might be a resurgence in the fall. We're, we're living between those, those two peaks in the curve, right? And there are other ways that we are in between, that we are living in liminal space. But before we get too far into that, I want to think about creation itself as liminal time and liminal space. Now, we already read together that on the first day, God created light. But let's remind ourselves what else happens in this very first chapter of the book of Genesis. On the second day, God created the sky. On the third day, God created the sea and the earth with all kinds of plants. And on the fourth day, God created the sun and the moon and the stars. On the fifth day, God created the birds of the air and the creatures of the sea. And on the sixth day, God created land animals as well as humankind. And on that sixth day, God looked around, saw all that God had made, and God said, It is very good. And then on the seventh day, God took a staycation. So all of that happened in those six days, according to Scripture. Now, we could kind of debate whether we're going to take it literally or not, but I'm not too interested in that today. I'm more interested in what happened before the first day of creation when God created light. The Bible tells us that, that 
there was a formless void and that darkness covered the face of the earth. A formless void, like how I think about my husband looking at me sometimes when I talk to him. Or you can think about my teenager's bedroom. That's definitely a formless void. Or if you prefer a more refined example, you might think about a lump of clay before the skilled potter makes something beautiful out of it. Formless void. Other translations use the words desolate, barren, waste. The word in the Hebrew is, I like it, it rhymes, tohu wabohu. Tohu wabohu. The, the, the writer kind of, I think, intentionally made it rhyme. Tohu wabohu, formless void, or in modern Hebrew, simply chaos. So what was before light and all that is? There was chaos. Tohu wabohu. Now, we know a little something about chaos, don't we? I think of chaos, there's kind of three kinds of chaos uh, that I think about. There's kind of natural chaos occurring in the natural world. There's internal chaos that happens inside of us. And then there's civic chaos, isn't there? Let's go back and look at natural chaos, like, like a pandemic is natural chaos. And think about all the upheaval that this kind of natural, within the natural world, all the upheaval that that has caused us, chaos in the natural world. And then those of us who live in Florida, we know something about natural chaos every hurricane season, don't we? The chaos of, of gearing up to the hurricane, the chaos sometimes that's caused after the hurricane. Or like last night, I got my husband and I are busy painting. We're in a painting project right now, so we're busy painting, and we get kind of buzzers going off all over the house, and, and there's a tornado warning. And so we kind of gather up ourselves and our kids, and there's only one tiny little room in our house that's a safe room. And so we gather up the kids and the cat, and by the time we finally get everybody gathered up into our little tiny safe room, then we get another buzzer. Oh, never mind. <laughs> but in those five or six minutes where there was a t tornado warning, there was all kinds of chaos, natural chaos, chaos from the natural world. Then there's internal chaos, isn't there, inside of ourselves. I think there's a lot of confusion within us these days as we don't know who to trust or who to believe or what news to listen to when life is disrupted and we don't know what to do next or, or where to turn, there's confusion. That's internal chaos. And then there's lots of fear and anxiety. Uh, we, we are living in an age of anxiety, I believe. And there's been lots of anxiety around this pandemic. Uh, not only the pandemic and be becoming ill or, or dying from, from it, there's also the anxiety around a, an economic shutdown and what that means. There's lots of anxiety. This is internal chaos. And then let's talk about civic chaos for a moment. The protests that have erupted after George, George Floyd was killed at the hands of a police officer. There's been civic unrest. His protests have turned to riots and then the government's response and then over response. And there's lots of civic unrest, civic chaos. And then it's 2020. It's an election year. 
Every four years, we go through civic chaos when there's a presidential election, don't we? As, as the other side kind of drums up things for us to be angry or upset about, there's civic chaos. We're, we're in 2020, and this is a year of chaos. All we need now are something like murder hornets to complete the, complete the, oh, wait, what? What's that? Oh, there are more murder hornets now too. Okay, all right, so there's that. There's murder hornets on top of all of that. 2020, the year of chaos. If you agree with me that this is a time of great chaos, and, and maybe even if you don't, I wonder why we, and maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but, but maybe not, why we are surprised when order devolves into chaos. Why is it that we're surprised by that when creation itself was born out of chaos? That's what we learn in the very first chapter, in the very first book of the Bible, that before there was anything, there was tohu wabohu, chaos. <laughs> but God didn't leave it that way, right? Because God came out of that chaos and said, let there be light. And so the beginning point of creation and all that is. This week I listened to a TED talk uh, delivered by a physicist. It was about chaos theory, which is kind of a scientific term. You may know about the butterfly effect, if that rings a bell, the chaos theory. And he was suggesting that there are benefits to chaos. So I was interested in hearing about what he thought some of the benefits of chaos might be. And he used the simple example of the human heart. The human heart beating rhythmically, right? Bum-bum, 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 bum-bum. He says that people who study evolution suggest that the fact that our human heart isn't always at a nice resting pace, that sometimes it speeds up, that it gave us an evolutionary advantage. And he uses this example. Imagine that we are hunter-gatherers out foraging for food, and our heart is at a resting heart rate. Bum, 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 bum. And then we spot a saber-toothed tiger. What does our heart do then? It enables us then to flee from that predator, giving us an evolutionary advantage. So our heart is kind of a chaotic system. It's resting most of the time. We need it to be at rest for our normal daily activities. But then sometimes we need it to speed up to help us survive. This is what this scientist called the edge of chaos. Somewhere between order and disorder. The edge of chaos. And he suggested that the edge of chaos may be the optimal setting for the desired outcome, the edge of chaos. But we, most of us, we don't like chaos, do we? We eschew chaos. We don't want chaos. We want order. We want rhythm. We want systems. 
that go nicely and smoothly. We don't like the chaos. But let me remind us all of this. That in the beginning, there was chaos. And guess who was right in the middle of that chaos? None other than God. And so I want to suggest that whenever we experience chaos internally or externally in the world around us or some combination of both, like I feel like the world is doing right now, we're experiencing this chaos, I want to suggest that God remains in that chaos. That God is right there in the mix of it. And what is God doing? Well, we might not know, but I'll tell you this. God is doing something. Can I get an amen? All right. I got a few amens. God is in the chaos, and God is doing something right there in the chaos. We may not know what it is. We may not understand because we can't predict or see into the future, but but God takes chaos and creates everything. We ourselves, we are children. We are born out of chaos, as is all creation. God's right there in the mix doing something. And what's our role? Well, we are called to be co-creators with God. So we find ourselves in the chaos, right there with God in the chaos, and we are co-creating whatever is next. And what's next? Well, if the book of Genesis is any indication What comes next is light. And so what's our role in the chaos, with God in the chaos, to co-create with God whatever comes next? Our role is to simply shine a light into the darkness. So what does that look like here on planet Earth? Here's an example. This week I was talking to a friend who has a a good friend that lives in Minneapolis, real close to where the riots happened. And this friend said that that after the first night of rioting, that that he and, and, and other neighbors got together in daylight in a public park to try to figure out what to do to protect their own homes as well as their whole neighborhood. And so neighbors who had never spoken to each other before kind of got together and decided what to do, and they decided this that they would resist the rioters together in nonviolent ways. And so they, they got buckets full of water, so whenever there was a fire that might break out, they could, they could rush to the fire and pour buckets of water on the fire. And they determined that, that the rioters were, were causing havoc only in dark spaces, so they decided to light up the neighborhood. So turning on porch lights, wherever there was a dark alley or, 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 or a dark place, they would kind of get any shop lights that they might have and shine into dark places in the neighborhood. Houses that were empty, they got their Christmas lights. They, they got their Christmas lights and put on places that, that weren't lit up. They were doing, they were shining a light into that darkness there in Minneapolis. They were co-creating with God light in the middle of of darkness. And so this week, maybe there'll be more chaos. Maybe there'll be more chaos in, in, in civic areas. Maybe there'll be more chaos internally. And all we are to do, children of God, is to co-create with God a world where there is light. So 
So let us shine our lights into the darkness wherever we may find it this week. And for an extra reminder of how that might look, I turn to a prayer of St. Francis. You probably know this prayer. It might help us understand what it looks like to shine light into the darkness. Will you pray with me? Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it's in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it's in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.